I want to talk to you today about keeping your sanity in crazy times. Keeping your sanity in crazy times. And I believe this is an appropriate word. This is a, a, a relevant word for the moment and the time and the season that we are going through right now. So I, I want you to pay attention to the word of God. It's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you, I really believe. Father God, in Jesus' name, as we open the Bible, as we open your word, thank you for speaking to us from the word. and Thank you for speaking to us by the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for attentive minds, receptive hearts. We bind the enemy in Jesus' name right now. And Father, I declare freedom in minds, hearts, to receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, the promise of a sound mind is of, of great value in the world and in the days that we're living right now. You know, one of our greatest assets in this season is probably the promise that God made us that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a great asset to have a sound mind in a world that has gone crazy. Uh, you know, I've had increasingly uh, more and more people that have met with my wife and I, or, or through, even during this season on, um, on Facebook, on, um, you know, different, different ways, social media and so on. And they said, am, am I losing it? Am I losing my marbles? What's going on? What's, what's um, am I going crazy? Am I losing it? And I tell you what, I, I want to speak to you today. It's, it's not uncommon to hear this, but I want to speak to you today how, how to keep your sanity, how to keep a balanced mind, how to keep your heart in a place of peace, how to keep your mind from wandering into places of, of despair and anxiety and fear, how to keep your mind stayed, and how, how to make decisions that are, that are led, that are logical and that are rational rather than emotionally sort of driven decisions. I want to talk to you today about that, and, and I'll probably continue at another time. So this may even be the foundation for something that I'll share again another time. But I want to take you today to the life of Samson, one of the great heroes of faith in the Bible, Samson. We're going to read in Judges chapter 15, Judges chapter 15 and verse 14. And it says, when Samuel came to Lehi, the Philistines came shooting, shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the robes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands, and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it, then Simpson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. And so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and he called that place Ramathlehi, which means jawbone height. Then he became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord and said, you have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant and now shall I die of thirst? And fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Then God split the hollow place that is in Lehi. And water came out 
and he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore he called its name Kori, which, which is in Lehi to this day, and he judged Israel 20 days, 20 years in the days of the Philistines. I want to talk to you today from this passage, and probably it will make a lot more sense as we, as we go along, so stay tuned right now. Get your notebook out, get ready. Just God wants to speak to you personally. God wants to equip you personally today. Now, Samson was someone called from his mother's womb to do great things for God. You know, an angel spoke a great word over his life, that he was to be separated and he was to leave for God because God was going to use him at a certain time to bring deliverance against the enemy that had come to plunder Israel. What an amazing thing that must have been for his parents uh, that their son had been chosen by God, that an angel, you know, was so important in his task that an angel appeared and said, well, I'm going to use this young man for my glory and my purposes, and he shall be a deliverer. He shall be the last judge of Israel, you know, and, and what a joy that would have been maybe for the parents. Wow, uh, my boy, I'm double proud of my boy. He's going to do great things for God. Uh, Judges chapter 13, verse 24 says, So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manahed, Dahan, and all these places that we don't know where they are, but, you know, the Spirit of the Lord began to move in his life. Not only Samson had a great word over his life, but the Bible says that, secondly, he was blessed. And thirdly, that the Spirit of God was coming upon him and was moving in his life. However, we all know the story of Samson. And for, for someone who started with such a great word from God to him, Samson faced a lot of trouble in his life. If we could summarize the life of Samson, we, in a few words we could say that it, it is a story of a man surrounded with adversity, facing trouble at every turn. A man in constant conflict and always in, in some kind of a battle. And you know what? Life can be like that sometimes. You know, we all read a few weeks ago the words of Job in Job chapter 3 verse 7. He said, well, man is born for trouble and... Sometimes it looks like that there's a lot of trouble in, in life in general. And from the life of Samson, I really want to share with you not only what to do with trouble, but also how to stay sane, how to stay in your right mind, how to win in your mind in times of trouble. Right now we're going through times of great trouble. Unprecedented things have happened in our planet, and we need the message that I'm sharing with you right now. There's three things I want to share with you. Number one is this. We need to acknowledge that there will be trouble. <laughs> we don't need to be fatalistic like Job, but adversity, pain, and trouble come to all of us. Maybe uh, if you and I understand that we don't have the exclusivity of pain, in other words, that you know, pain comes to everybody, 
it, that will probably help us. That in itself will probably help us to keep a, a sound mind uh, and a right mind and, and have the right attitude and the right perspective when things come against us. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, I, I tell you these things that in me you may have peace. He's laying the foundation for peace. He's saying, he's saying in me, <laughs> so there is only peace in him. But then he's saying so that you may have peace that in the world there'll be tribulation. There'll be trials. There'll be pressure. But he said, but be of good cheer. You know, don't be fatalistic like Job. Don't throw in the towel. Don't get all depressed because I have overcome the world. And you see, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4, 12, he said, don't think it's strange concerning trials and things that come against us. In 1 Peter 5, 9, he said, you know, uh, uh, um, resist him. That There's a devil. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings, you know, that they're happening to your brothers around the world. So we need to understand there will be trouble, and suffering is universal. It's, understand, it's important to understand why this trouble comes. Well, number one, trouble comes just for the simple fact that we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. There's a devil out there that's come to kill, steal, and destroy. There's, there's enemies. Like Phil, Samson faced the Philistines. Look at verse 20. It judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. I mean, that's a long time to put up with trouble, 20 years. I think of the woman with the issue of blood. She had to put up with that for 12 years. I think of the man by the pool of Bethesda. Uh, he had to put up with this thing for 38 years. You know, it's, it's a long time to put up with something. Job, apparently, he didn't have to put up with his situation for that long of a time. If you read Job 17, it actually says that it was only a few months it was only a few months, but regardless of that, trouble comes. And sometimes trouble comes because we live in this world. Secondly, because of our enemies. Sometimes trouble comes even from our friends. <laughs> it's interesting that, that Samson, in the preceding verses of the passage that I read to you, his own people came and bound Samson and were ready to deliver Samson to his enemies. I mean, who needs the devil with friends like that, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, trouble sometimes comes from, from your own friends, from the people, people closest to you. You know, um, one time, the very disciples of Jesus said he's out of his mind. So, you know, sometimes trouble comes because we leave this world, because of an enemy that's out there, sometimes, we, you know, even people close to us. And sometimes we ourselves, we generate our own trouble. And Samson was really good at that. You know, some of our trouble is, is self-inflicted. Trouble can come from the outside, but at times it can also, we can also generate our own trouble. Some of the sufferings of Samson came uh, because there were areas in his life that weren't completely surrendered to God. Samson was a man that struggled with a lot of things. His, his restlessness, his, his lust, his, his pride, his uncontrolled anger. There were, there were some issues in the very life of Samson that generated a, a, high, a, a dose of his own trouble. So trouble comes. It comes in a lot of ways from different sources. And at the end of the day, we need, we need, to, we need to remember that. Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. So we have been warned that there is trouble and that everybody gets it. Secondly, we, never, we should never doubt what God has said about us or the reality 
of the blessing and the presence of God in our lives just because we are going through trouble. Don't ever allow the enemy to talk you out of, you know, the blessings that you have, the word of God in your life, the Holy Spirit that is in you. You know, Simpson had a great word over his life. He had the blessing of God in his life. He had the Spirit coming upon him, and he still had troubles. <laughs> so don't ever doubt any of those things upon your own life, the good word of God, that the things that God has spoken about you in His Word, the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Never doubt the presence of God, that God is with you. You know, those things never left Samson. In actual fact, those things became Samson's advantage in his adversity. Amen. Because at, at a time when he was bound, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Supernatural strength caused him to break those bounds, and he was free, and he defeated the enemies. So you know what? God was with him. The Holy Spirit was with him. The Word of God was happening in his life, was unfolding in his life in spite of trouble. So never doubt that God is with you, that God's Word works, that His promises are yes and amen, that what God said is going to come to pass. Amen. And don't ever measure the character of God in light of your circumstances. God is a good God. He's for you. And if He's for you, who can be against you? And God topped that. What was already an advantage in Simpson's life with the jawbone of a donkey. Wow. The jawbone of a donkey was not a conventional weapon. It was unusual. It didn't make sense in the natural. God will sometimes use and will give you unusual weapons. They may, not, they may look a bit unusual, but I tell you what, they work. For instance, love works. Forgiveness works. Amen? Faith works. Tithing works. There's a lot of things that to the natural mind, it's like the job of a donkey. Well, how can you use that to kill it? I'll tell you what. There's a lot of things that the Bible says that if we are doers of this word, they will work. They may sound a bit unusual. They may sound like a bit different from what the world would tell you, from advice you would get from other people. But I want you to know something. Whatever, whatever God said in his word works. Hallelujah. And it worked for Samson. Jawbone of a donkey had never been used. It probably has never, hasn't been used since in battle. I cannot see, you know, the U.S. Army going out to, you know, or any army in the world going out to war and as part of their fatigue and their, their uh, uh, weaponry, you know, together with their RPGs and their AK-47, uh, get the jawbone of a donkey, you know what? But this was a specific weapon for a specific time. It was unusual, but it worked. And I want you to know something, that this is a, an unusual season. Expect God to give you unusual solutions and unusual weapons. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God for this time. And they will work. And you will come out on top. You have the advantage in the name of Jesus. You know, I've been saying all this time, you have it in you and you have the advantage. So we should never doubt what God said about us or the blessings of God in our lives or the presence of the Holy Spirit in us just because we're going through trouble. So understand, trouble will come. Secondly, that God will not leave you in spite of the trouble. Who can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus? And thirdly, we need to acknowledge that a lot of the battle, a lot of it, 
happens in, in our minds. That our mind often is the battlefield. That our biggest battles was pro is probably sometimes what goes on, on inside of us. And if the enemy can defeat us in our minds, he has already defeated us in the battlefield of, of the battles of life. So verse 16, look at with me to verse 16. Verse 16 says, then Simpson said, Simpson said, he is all victorious and all triumphant. He said, well, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. I don't know whether there was a song or maybe he was just rapping. You know, maybe there was a rap song with the jaw of a bone. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to rap. I'm not going <laughs> to. But he's in triumphant mode. He's on a high. Hallelujah. He's on a high. You know, he called the place Ramalehi, which means the heights of the jawbone. Well, he reached the heights of success. He's so happy. He's in, in a triumphant mood. He even composed the song. We could say that Samson was really good at blowing his own trumpet. <laughs> but just as quickly, look at verse 18. Then he became very thirsty. He's depleted. He's hungry. He's tired. The battle took its toll. He's feeling a little bit worn out. He's feeling he's lacking something at that moment. And uh, so he cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, you have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. And now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of these uncircumcised? So suddenly in his mind, he's already seeing himself perishing at the hands of the uncircumcised. Suddenly he goes from calamity, sorry, from triumph into seeing calamity right before his eyes. He goes from singing a song of triumph to suddenly praying a really grumpy prayer to God. You know, we could see that Simpson's mental and emotional backbone was not nearly as strong as the jawbone that he had used to defeat the enemies. You know, fighting battles, even when you win, can be physically and emotionally debilitating. You know, he's a great man of faith, a great man who's in the gallery of the great man of faith of Hebrews 11. But look at Elijah. After such a great victory, he also caved in, literally. He went into a cave, and he, and he, he, he turned his, his triumph into a crying session before God and said, God, just take my life. You know, because of all the battles we fight, we can easily find ourselves mentally exhausted, spent, drained, worn out, consumed. Especially when, especially when those battles drag on. I mean, Samson had to put up with the Philistines for 20 years. That's a very long time to put up with something. Something that is always there, something that's always nagging. And you know, it's, it's, not, it's not unusual for people to start fainting in their mind, to start feeling depleted and, and worn out and tired. You know, right now there's so many people going through, you know, we hear, the, hear it all the time, COVID fatigue, COVID fatigue. I think people are fatigued. People are mentally tired. They are exhausted. They're worn out. They're like, well, when is this thing going to be over? 
We hear it, you know, at the start of the COVID thing, we used to hear it all the time. We will get through this. We will get through this. But now we are going through this. And nobody's saying we will get through. People are just like, I'm trying to survive. I'm just trying to keep my sanity in the middle of this craziness. Now, here's a recap of some of the things to remember in order to keep our sanity in times like this. If you have a notebook, if you have a pen, just write it down or, or, or just watch this thing again. Number one, God hasn't left you just because you're going through this thing. God's promises still apply. God's blessings are still yours. You know, the Holy Spirit is still in you and you still have the advantage in Jesus' name. Secondly, God sometimes uses unusual tools to lead us into triumph. He used the donkey's jawbone, and he can use the most unlikely of sources to bring about what you need. So keep your hope up. God has left you. He's going to provide what you need for this season and beyond in the name of Jesus. There's no point you being worried right now about the future. Because God's got it figured out. Jesus is already standing in your future. And the third thing I want you to know is this. Remember to attend to your soul. Sometimes, the, sometimes your greatest battles will take place inside your mind. Your will and your emotions. Your soul. We need to realize the dangers of a, of a mismanaged or a neglected soul. Look after your soul. Look after your mind. You know, and, and you and I, you know what? We can, we can find that peace in Jesus. He said, he said, I tell you these things so that in me you may have peace. If you live outside Jesus, probably not a lot of peace there. You can try all the yoga you can or all the meditation you can. I want you to know something. That stuff is useless Peace is found in Jesus. Look at verse 19. That's how God answered to a state where, of, of where Samson found himself in, a state where he was depleted. The Bible says in verse 19, so, so God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out, and he drank, and his spirit returned and he revived. Wow, praise God. I mean, that's what God wants to do. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to revive you. God wants to refresh you. And from this whole story, if there's something you need to retain today, is this. God wants to lead you beside still waters. And God wants to restore your soul. Hallelujah. God wants our spirit to return. God wants us to be revived. God wants you and I to retain a sound mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, somebody there at home. Come on, not just cross your arms, but lift your hands and praise God. Five seconds. Come on, praise God for five seconds. Father, we praise you. We worship you today that you're still opening rivers in the desert, that you are still refreshing your people, that you are still restoring our soul in Jesus' name. You know, the Apostle Paul, he said this in 2 Corinthians 7, 5, and 6. He said, for indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Have you ever been there? 
Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Nevertheless, God, nevertheless, God, nevertheless, God, nevertheless, there was, God hadn't left him. Nevertheless, there was still water running. Amen. There was still a place of refreshing. There was still peace. There were still times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. Nevertheless, God who, who comforts the downcast. Are you downcast today? God is an expert in comforting, in restoring, in renewing your mind today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So take refuge in him. Run for the cover of his wings. Let his water satisfy you. Let your mind be refreshed and renewed, you know, by God. I tell you what, there's no other place of sanity in this world but the presence of God. Run to his presence. You're, you're in lockdown. Jesus said, well, you know, go, on, go into your room and... And your father who sees you in the secret place will reward you. I mean, it's a time. Maybe, maybe right now you can do that. There are other times where you were at work. In, right now, in the middle of your day, just go into your room and just be refreshed. You know, there's the sanity. There's the soundness of mind. There's clarity of thoughts. There's hope being restored when we come to the presence of God. You may be saying to me today, but Pastor Luis, you know, the situation I'm going through is impossible. Is impossible. Can I help you with a spelling? Let me give you a little, a little spelling lesson today. From this day forward, never spell impossible with an I. Spell impossible with an H. <laughs> Start spelling impossible like him possible. Him possible. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Whatever you're going through, every time a negative thought, a thought of defeat, a thought of calamity comes into your mind, just think about this. Him possible. It's him possible. With him, it's possible. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to get my job back. I'm going to retain my sanity. I'm going to come out of this better than before. I'm going to come out of this situation and this lockdown, and I'm going to live my best days in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I preached myself happy today. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Hey, I'm trying my best to encourage you today. We are all in this together. I'm encouraging myself. I'm telling myself, Louis, it's him possible. <laughs> With him, all things are possible. Oh, I'm looking at this church right now. There's, there's only chairs and, and there's, there's four of us right here. But I'm seeing with the eyes of faith. Oh, I'm seeing this place packed, altar calls again, power of God coming upon people, people getting saved by the tons in Jesus' name. With the eyes of faith, I'm seeing, you know, traffic uh, congestion in Stud Road because people are coming, flocking to the church again. Oh, you may say that's impossible. Yeah, in the natural, but I'm looking at it from another perspective. Him possible in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.